Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, this is a very special weekend recording of the podcast. Yeah. We haven't recorded in the weekend since COVID. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, we're usually Monday. That's our scheduled day. Now this is Saturday, and it's a Saturday because this is a special episode. This isn't a regular Active Geek episode. This is a full breakdown of a event that I never thought I'd be invested in. But it was Disney Investors Day 2020 this past Thursday. I watched all three hours, and we have a ton of stuff to break down from Disney Animation Studios to Walt Disney Pictures, Hulu and FX, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar. Um, we're not going to do the National Geographic stuff. I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I know Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth and Will Smith are doing something over there, but we can talk about that on, a, on our outdoor podcast. But uh, Chuck, I'm going to set the mood. For this episode. So I want everybody who's listening to just get comfy because this is going to be a long one. If you're driving, pull over. Go to a rest stop if you're on a long-distance journey. If you're at home, set yourself up with a nice little bubble bath. Drop a bath bomb in the tub. Have Alexa play the Active Geek podcast on Spotify. And prepare yourself to be immersed in a bunch of House of Mouse content because that's what we're going to do today, Chuck. That might have been the creepiest intro ever. Get a bubble bath. Everybody needs a nice little bubble bath one day. You can't do a bubble bath. You're too big. No, I can't fit into any tub. But that's beyond the point. Our listeners probably aren't (laughs) over six foot five. And maybe if they are, fantastic. Tall brothers for life. But here we go, man. Let's, Let's start right with a company and a streaming platform that Maybe some people didn't know Disney owned or forgot that Disney owned, and that's FX and Hulu. Uh, This was the beginning of the Disney Investors Day. When it turned on, I was like, all right, get me right to Marvel and Star Wars. Here we go. Let's talk about Hulu. And uh, Hulu's got a bunch of stuff going on. They are going to launch the movies that were made by Fox Studios. When Disney acquired Fox, a lot of people were uh, were thinking, we're not going to get the rated R movies. We're not going to get the mature content. And... Disney came out and said, in America, Hulu and FX is going to be the home of that stuff. And in the other countries of the world, they're going to do a star program, which is going to be another tile on the Disney Plus play method or on the main screen, which seemed pretty cool. Like, I'm jealous of the star method, but we'll go from there. They confirmed a series that you and I have been talking about probably for four years. (laughs) And it... Everybody changed. I know Barry Cohegan was supposed to star. There's more people that have been replaced. Uh, but the one constant is that Diane Keaton or Diane Lane is starring in Why the Last Man. And it's coming to FX. And I, they revealed the – not a trailer but the first image, which was the poster. And they said that it's shooting and it's starting. So Why the Last Man has been confirmed. They also confirmed a new series of a property that was included in the Fox purchase when Disney bought Fox, uh, Alien, and the same, yeah, the Ridley Scott Aliens. Uh, Alien is getting a series that was announced for uh, for FX and which will stream on Hulu the next day. Uh, It's from Fargo and Legion creator Noah Hawley, who is fantastic. He's a he's a wonderful director, and he's developing a Alien series for FX. And he previously spoke about his approach uh, to the Alien universe with Observer and. It's going to be, from what I got out of the meeting, it's going to take place on Earth. Okay. Which is very interesting. Um, you're a fan of the Alien franchise, right? Yeah, I am. I binged them a, 
I guess maybe a year or two ago. And um, I've seen I've seen them periodically, but I watch them all. Uh, they're good. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously some are better than others, but um, you're talking Alien versus Predator. Got it. They showed some stills. Did you see the stills, like the posters and the promo art that they did for it? Yeah, I did see some promo art. Did yeah. you see the xenomorph in the what looked to be like an incubation room? Yeah, that's crazy. It looks like it's Jurassic Park with aliens. It could where they're be. trying. I mean, yeah, they're trying to grow the xenomorph. I'm wondering what the budget will be because, you know, an alien movie is, is a pretty high budget. And um, FX does pretty good with um, um, large-scale properties, but who, who knows what they're going to do with this. But it's Disney. It, it's, it's House of Mouse. They're, gonna, they're not going to go out there. And the main thing, the main point of this entire investor meeting was saying it's quality over quantity. And they announced like 58 projects, but their, their whole thing was it's quality over quantity. So they're going to put out the best quality products that they possibly can so i assume that this is going to be great uh, i'm looking forward to this this will be another reason to watch uh fx besides uh dave and uh, atlanta but they also announced that another show that's on fx i believe or fxx or it's somewhere um it's always sunny in philadelphia is getting four more seasons making it the longest free uh, longest television comedy series in history yeah it's crazy um I'm I'm behind. It's kind of shocking. Um, I kind of thought it might be ending soon, but not at all. Yeah, it brings it to season eighteen, which would which is insane. Uh, who would have thought a Philadelphia centric television show would last eighteen seasons with at the time a bunch of nobodies and Danny DeVito, and now it's turned into a bunch of well known actors who had their own series with you know Bad Teacher or not Bad Teacher, um, AP Bio, The Mick. Mythic Quest, Pacific Rim with Charlie, and now you got the legend Danny DeVito. So I'm super pumped for that. They also announced uh, two more shows, one called Shogun, which is set in 17th century. And it's the story that is told from the perspective of a British hero named John Blackthorne, a sailor who rises from outsider to samurai while being used as a pawn in Japanese leader Toronaga's struggle to reach the top of the ruling chain, or Shogun. So it kind of sounds like uh, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's going to be produced by the producers of the early seasons of Game of Thrones, and they made sure to say the early seasons in this investor (laughs) meeting. Not like like the last season. They said the early ones. And then they did this other one, which is going to be called Reservation Dogs. And it's direct, uh, produced by Taika Watiti, who the the head of uh, FX and Hulu could not pronounce Taika Watiti's name. It was like you trying to pronounce uh, Shwelty Ejiofor's name. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I, I was like, Chuck, you, you've, you've got a chance to be an executive because it doesn't matter if you can pronounce their names. It's just signing the checks. I w- went back and looked at the FX stuff after you sent me the the topics that we're talking about. And at first I was like, maybe he mistyped. And I thought it was a reservoir dog show. Yeah. Well, the poster is very reservoir dogs, but it's a, a comedy series about four native American teenagers growing up on a reservation in Eastern Oklahoma. And it's got Taika's stamp on it. So I feel like it's going to have his, his flavor of comedy on it too. I don't feel like he would just go out there and say, all right, here's some money. Do me proud. I feel like he was a little more hands-on than, than most producers but that sounds interesting and i i'm gonna watch it i like anything that 
Taiga Waititi does. So I'm yeah. definitely going to tune into this. All right. So that's Hulu. Let's start with Disney, right? The House of Mouse came out and said that we've got everything that you could have thought or wanted, either a series or a movie. Uh, we're bolstering all of Disney+. Plus. They turned this investor meeting into Disney Fandome and said, we know HBO Max is going to be dropping a lot of movies, but the next few years, this is what we've got coming to you. And they took some subtle shots at HBO Max uh, throughout this, but you know it's competition. I only expe- expected it. So the first thing, they've announced that some popular characters are going to be getting some series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, one that we've reported on before, which was finally confirmed, was the Beauty and the Beast prequel series. Uh, which focuses on Gaston and LeFou. And the first thing you said, Luke Evans and Josh Gad returning, they are. Is that a series that you are planning to watch? That might be a family series. I don't think it's something that I'm going to, you know, sit down and and watch myself. It's probably something we all watch together. Okay, it's not an every week must watch. We're not going to do the, the Gaston minutes? No. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, like... I like Luke Evans wasn't a bad guest on, yeah. But I I think he lacked the bravado that the animated did. So like Luke Evans is a great actor, but I just I I think he lacked the uh, the cockiness and the bravado that the the animated uh, guest on did so well. So I mean I'm I don't hate this project. I I think it's pretty cool, but it's definitely something that I'm not gonna sit down and watch myself. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to watch this by myself either. Uh, Chelsea's a, a Beauty and the Beast fan. It's her favorite Disney movie. So we're going to watch it. But this isn't something that like we're going to do an episode on because <laughs> you know, some animated series are coming. I don't know how I feel about these. I have to see the quality. I know they're saying that this is the first Disney animation series that are coming out from, you know, from the studios, not from just like not Disney XD stuff. So. Baymax, uh, one of my favorite characters in Disney of the last like 10 years, is getting his own series and it's focused on the helpful, health focused robot of Big Hero 6 and is arriving on Disney Plus in early 2022. Zootopia Plus is getting a series based on little scene creatures of Zootopia, which they said was like uh, Flash the Sloth was going to get a series, Polar Bears were going to get like a focus point. And uh, the real house mice of Zootopia, we're going to get a show, like a, a centered segment on it. And then uh, Shakira's like backup dancers, we're going to get a, a spotlight on it. So it's going to be based on those characters. And that's coming Disney Plus in spring 2022. And then two princesses are getting their own series, which is huge news because there's yeah. not, I don't think there's ever been a princess based series. So Tiana is getting a series entitled Tiana that's coming in 2023 and Moana is also getting a series called Moana coming at the same time in 2023 and they're both going to be long form musical series so out of those characters are there any ones that you're excited to see and watch this series maybe Baymax I'm I'm curious because when Big Hero 6 made a Disney XD series and like you said with the animation it was hand-drawn some of the proper three of the four properties that you talked about are computer animated. So yeah. are, are they going to go that route and copy what they did in the movies or are they yes. going to be hand drawn? 
No, no, they they showed footage for Baymax. I know you were you were at dance class when this was happening, but they showed yeah. footage that you were actually able to see a lot of the stuff that we're going to cover because we weren't investors. We weren't able to see the footage that they showed, but they did show um, some footage for Baymax, and it is straight from the movie. They had the okay. the producers and the, the writers and the director of the movie talking about it. Um, so they didn't just come out and say this is a carryover from XD when they did the Big Hero Six stuff. This is going to be movie quality television shows. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in, I'm interested in the Baymax series. I feel like I'm going to get tired of it because it's just him being a helpful little robot around. Uh, Zootopia, I have no interest in, and I loved Zootopia as a movie. But the Real House mice of Zootopia do not interest me 100. <laughs> percent um, Tiana, I'm intrigued about because I feel like they, with Princess and the Frog, they kind of just tapped the surface of the world that she's living in. And I'd like to see them explore that more, the dark, the darkness of, you know, the voodoo hoodoo culture. I want to see more of that. And then Moana, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be working on more music. And if I hear that, uh, that song, you know, where, where, where will I go? That the main song from Moana, I'm hooked. They played it during like one of the intermissions of the they're like go stretch your feet and they played that song i didn't take my headphones off that's my jam like so i'm gonna watch the moana one for sure so i'll watch three or four of them i'll give them a shot but i don't think that zootopia plus is coming anywhere near my television <laughs> then they announced this is probably the most intriguing of the series that they announced it's called Iwaju, and Iwaju roughly translates to the future in the Yoruba language, and Iwaju in his original long-form science fiction series collaboration between Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pan-African comic book entertainment company Kugali, and its founders Tolu Olafoweyeko, Ziki Nelson, and Hamid Ibrahim, and the series is set in Lagos, Nigeria, and will explore the themes of class and challenging the status quo. They also showed some art for this, and it's beautiful. Like, it looked amazing. So I'm going to watch this, and it's a comic book company. It's a comic book company that the world is just being introduced to, so I really want to I really want to jump on this. Did you see any of the, the promo art for this, Awaju? Uh, yeah, I did. It looks great. It, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm hooked, man. I'm I love comics from all over, and just to be able to explore different cultures is something that I really really enjoy. So I'm definitely gonna watch Iwaju. And then they announced what I thought was a movie, but later it's turning into an 11 episode uh, series. I feel like you know we've talked about this before, Chuck. The reboot culture and the remake culture uh, is is huge now. Yeah, and I feel like Disney was like getting a little bit of FOMO. Because Cobra Kai is crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. I know you and Tom were pretty late to the Cobra Kai party. And shout out to Dan. Uh, Him and I were watching it back on YouTube. But now I'm glad that all my friends are watching it. They said we need to bring back a sports series from the 90s. And what we're going to do is we'll bring back the Mighty Ducks. And they're bringing back the Mighty Ducks and they're calling it Game Changers. Emilio Estevez is coming back. Lauren Graham is coming back, and it's about a reckless young lawyer who is given a court-ordered assignment to coach a youth hockey team as part of his community service following a DUI arrest, TV version of the 1990s film. I loved the, the Mighty Ducks as a kid. Were you a fan? Oh, yeah. The first one was amazing, and then the second one when they did the Junior Olympics. That was great. The third one, not so much. Yeah, the third ones are usually bad. Do you remember the cartoon? Yeah. Oh, of course. Where they were actually and, ducks. Yeah. 
and they were like superheroes. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Burger King did toys for them. Yeah. In Disney, there is All-Star Movies, a, and then they have a whole hotel dedicated to the Mighty Ducks. Nice. So it's like Toy Story, and then I think there's Babes in Toyland and Fantasia, and then one, it's got the big helmet, and then the hockey net out front. Nice. Did you see the trailer for this? No, I did not. It looks great. Um, it's very Cobra Kai, like 100% Cobra Kai. That's the vibe I got from it. I got the vibe from the Mighty Ducks movies back in the day. The one thing, and this is a little inside baseball, or we'll go inside hockey for for this, for me is they brought over uh, Dylan Playfair, and I know you know him from the Descendants movies. Well, if you saw him, you'd recognize him. But the only reason Probably. I say I was pumped about that and I was more excited for him being in it is because he's one of the leads in the Canadian show Letterkenny that I watch. And he's a hockey player in the and he's a hockey coach in this. So I was like, oh, my God, they brought him in. So it was very cool. All right. So are you going to watch that? Probably. That'd probably yeah. be another family series. Yeah, I'm going to watch that for sure. Plus, I need a little hockey in my life. I'm going crazy without the NHL right now. But then we got another fan-favorite uh, fan series of movies. It's now becoming a series of television shows. Uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians uh, is coming to Disney+. Plus. They've been talking about it, but they finally confirmed it. Are you a fan of this franchise? The first one was okay. It was definitely Fox's version of like, yeah, it was their version like of Harry Potter. Oh yeah, they were trying real hard for to get the Harry Potter money. And it was okay. Obviously, it wasn't Harry Potter, but it was it was okay. I think you know the books are huge, and I think there's a lot of source material that they can go with. So I I think the series could be pretty good. Yeah, especially with a Disney budget. It could be very, yeah. very, very big, and it's streaming, so you can really take your time. You're not pressured into doing the 23-episode runs like the CW or the network stuff where it could really get watered down, and there's a lot of filler episodes. So I think that this is the right home for it. Plus, like you said, the the books are out there, so you can adapt the books book by book for each season. Plus, you know, that mythology is huge, and any type you're, anytime you're exploring mythology and you add it into a young adult series i feel like it could be gold so i'm excited about this now we got some movie news my friend yes raya and the last dragon which we saw a trailer for a few months ago we talked about it we said i don't want them to show the dragon well they showed more footage they showed the dragon changed my (laughs) opinion changed my opinion of the movie a little bit because i think the dragon's a little corny looking but i'm still gonna see it now that it was being it's it was announced that it's going to be released on March 5th, 2021, and will receive a day and date release in theaters and on Disney Plus premiere access where Mulan debuted for $30. What do you think about Ryan the Last Dragon going to uh, premiere access and Disney Plus still keeping premiere access when HBO Max is allowing all their movies to be watched free? You know, that's a money move right there saying, you know, we think we can make good money off this. I'm not going to pay premiere access. I I did for Mulan because that was a definitely a theater movie for us. Uh, this was not. Oh, really? So, no, no. Oh, well, you got, she's 13 now, so I would imagine that this isn't really hitting home for 13-year-olds. A Disney animated movie, like, she'll watch them, but for us to go to a theater for a, an animated movie, it, it's got to be something big. Definitely something we'll watch, but I'm not paying $30 right off the bat for it. 
Uh, I think this is I'm super excited about this movie. I'm going I was going to see it when it came out in theaters and be a creep and sit in a children's movie by myself, but I'm pumped for this, man. I think it looks badass. I think this is exploring a whole new world. It's giving the the female character saying you don't have to be a princess, you can be a badass. This is something that I'll watch. So I don't know how long the Disney premiere access lasts, but maybe I'll rent it and then you can watch it off of mine. I'll give you my account. But um, we'll go into some movies that were confirmed and some, some news that was confirmed about them as well. So Little Mermaid we knew was confirmed. Yes. That's been cast. Peter Pan or Peter and Wendy, Cruella and Pinocchio were all confirmed as well, which we knew uh, Cruella was coming and Peter Pan and Wendy or Peter and Wendy was coming because they cast Yara Shahidi as Tinkerbell. They have their Jude Law as uh, Captain Hook, and they said Pinocchio was cast with uh, Tom Hanks playing Geppetto. The big news out of that is that the latter three, Peter and Wendy, Pinocchio and Cruella, are going straight to Disney Plus. So I don't know if that's and they didn't say anything about premiere access so these may be like uh godmothered and black beauty these may be disney plus original movies so what do you think about and those and that's crazy because like not saying that godmothered was not a big movie but like some of these movies got big stars you know what i mean like emma stone tom hanks jude law yeah huge stone or uh, huge stars and and P- pinocchio is a beloved series or movie and to have this going to a streaming service and possibly not being premier all access is kind of shocking. Uh, is it though? Um, is it though? Because I think, I think you and I are letting our age show a little bit with the podcast. I think those, the, those four movies are timeless for our generation. And I think there's been so such a long period between our generation and then the kids of today's generation that these characters were, were not in the forefront. You know, we remembered Glenn close as Cruella de Vil and how awesome yeah. she was. Do you like? Do you think kids give a shit about a punk rock, nineteen seventies Cruella Deville series of a character they might not even know? I don't know about that. I think Peter and Wendy is timeless, like a Peter Pan story is timeless in any generation. But when was the last good Peter Pan movie? The animated one, Sandy. right? Or Hook? Probably Sandy Duncan. Sandy Duncan. Jesus. I think Hook was we, the last good Peter Pan movie, and that was in the 90s. Yeah. And most yes. kids th- today have not seen Hook. Well, Hook is a classic. Hook is like that. If you have kids, you need to show your kids Hook. It's a classic. I don't know. I mean, I remember what the Hugh Jackman one kind of. Trash. Yeah, it was awful. Then there was another one where uh, Oscar Isaacs played Hook. That wasn't that good. Also trash. Is what it, I mean, you're just furthering my point about this. I think that this is saying it's they're not saying it, but they're saying it by releasing it to Disney Plus that they're not trusting their live action adaptations. They haven't been hitting with the audience as much. Mulan, I don't think would have made a ton of money if it went to theaters. You know, the last one that made a lot of money was Beauty and the Beast. Maleficent did good, but didn't do Maleficent one numbers. So I'm yeah. thinking they're they're not trusting the landscape of the moviegoers right now and saying, let's put these on Disney Plus. I mean, let the subscribers pay for these movies as opposed to forcing it into the movie theaters where people can see the real numbers and these tanking. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'm uh, going to see all three of those movies. And if it's even better that I don't have to pay extra for it. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to gain 600 pounds watching all this stuff in the next three years. Like, I already don't exercise anymore. So I'm like, 
I'm going to be watching all – I'm going to never move from my couch. I, I, I've always wondered how people ended up on my 600-pound life, and I'm about to live that life. So I don't know what's going to happen. They also announced, Chuck, that The Lion King is getting a prequel. It was first announced that it was going to be a sequel and that Barry Jenkins was going to direct it. Barry Jenkins, great director. He did Moonlight. We all know that. He's going to do a prequel because they want to keep those characters that are beloved from the first Lion King and make more money off of them. Any interest in this movie? I had such high hopes for The Lion King, and it was kind of a letdown. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast. There was no need to make that movie. Yeah. You're, there's and no I people was, uh, in it. How can you make a live-action movie that's centered around animals as your actors when they're all computer-rendered? Yeah. I mean, Jungle Book was—I mean, they were, they were riding off Jungle Book. Yeah. And Jungle Book was— a movie that used technology that's never been used before. And they really, it was amazing. And that's where they're like, oh, you know, we did Jungle Book. It looked great. Jungle Book has animals. Lion King's going to be just as good. And it, and it wasn't. It, it was it was worth seeing, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of shocked. And I mean, it did a lot of money. It, yeah. it made a boatload of money because of the the IP. But it, I'm kind of shocked because I don't think it's warranted. I mean, listen, I'm a Lion King stan. Like, they're, that's my favorite Disney movie. The Lion King 2 soundtrack, it might rot, might be better than the Lion King 1 soundtrack. I was expecting Kovu and Kiara running around, you know, Pride Rock doing her thing, singing He Lives in You. But we're not getting that. So we're going to get new Beyonce songs. We're going to get new Childish Gambino songs. And anything with Donald Glover in it, as long as he's casting it, I'm going to watch but I'm not really interested in this. I'm still going to watch it. I hope it comes out on Disney Plus, not premiere access, but I think if it comes out, it's going to be a theater movie. So I'll wait till it comes out. Then they announced some more stuff, man. Uh, one of which, I don't know if you're happy about this one, but this was the most excited I've been about a movie announcement that of an IP that I could care less about and I forgot about. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is getting a movie. Yeah. And it's a live-action animated movie. So the way I'm thinking about it is kind of like... Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks a few years ago. Yeah. And like Tom and Jerry, that's going to be released on HBO Max. The thing that got me was who they cast it. So the director is going to be Akiva Schaefer, who they said pop star was his only credit. My man's been in the Lonely Island forever. Put some respect on the Lonely Island. And they also got fellow Lonely Island member Andy Samberg and John Mulaney Mm -hmm. to do the voices. And then they're going to have appearances from Seth Rogen. That voice cast... All three of them in the same movie, gold. I can't wait. Yeah, when I saw Seth Rogen, the first thing I thought of, oh, it's got to be, he's got to be Monterey Jack. Yep, that's what I thought too. And it's not. I loved Chippendale Rescue Rangers when I was a kid. Uh, the video game, I, my buddy a couple years, I'm okay, couple, it was like 15 years ago, found it on um, NES, original Nintendo. Yeah. And we played the shit at, we're 25-year-old men playing the shit out of Chippendale Rescue Rangers on uh video game. It has one one of the best intro songs ever. Oh yeah. Love it. Love it. I'm not singing it. And and the best part is they really just like okay, Chippendale has been around for what? 60 plus years. If if not longer, I don't know how long, but they they've been around forever. We and in the 90s like we're going to modernize them. And not only that we're going to make one Magnum P.I. and the other 
Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yep. And and that's what they did. They they threw a Hawaiian shirt on one and you know the fedora the on the other. And the the leather jacket and they made the a uh, Chippendale which was you know had small adventures through you know they never had a big movie or anything like that and they put it on the Disney Channel and so I'm very excited for this. I don't think my family will be, but I am. Well, we'll watch it together because you've got yeah. a you've got a friend in me, my friend. Uh, they also announced that um, Enchanted is getting a sequel called Disenchanted with Amy Adams returning and it's heading to Disney Plus. Uh, they also announced a surprise move: Sister Act Three is coming out uh, with Whoopi Goldberg and uh, Tyler Perry is going to be producing, and it seems like Kathy and Jimmy is going to be super busy because she's doing probably going to do that and Hocus Pocus Two, which they finally announced. And then uh, Night at the Museum is getting a hybrid movie as well uh, with the original director coming back. They also announced some uh, reboots, my friend. They announced uh, Turner and Hooch starring Josh Peck, which I have no interest in. Uh, They announced Three Men and a Baby starring Zac Efron, which also I have no interest in. And uh, Cheaper by the Dozen starring Gabrielle Union, another series or show that I'm not interested in. So those three reboots to me are unwarranted, but they're, you know. We'll see what happens. I won't watch them. I don't care about them. Let's move into Pixar. So they announced some series. And this is kind of big for Pixar because they really haven't had any long-form animated series. So we're going to get the very first one, which is called Win or Lose. And it's the first original long-form animated series. And it's about a co-ed middle school softball team in a week leading up to the championship game. Each episode will be told from the perspective of a different member of the team. It will hit Disney fall, uh, Disney Plus in fall of 2023. And the way that they described it was kind of like being in an office meeting and you and I going into the meeting and I'm coming out optimistic about it while you're leaving with an anxiety attack thinking the world's falling over. So it'll be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. They also announced Pixar Popcorn, which is a new series of shorts which focuses on beloved Pixar characters, which is set to debut next month. So that's one of the first ones that is going to be coming out since this whole announcement. Then they announced Doug Days, which follows the dog from Up, uh, which is set after he and his master Carl return to suburbia from the jungles. And that's coming next fall, uh, which they showed a little bit of that. I don't know if you got to see any of that, but they showed Doug with Carl and puppies, which looked great. And anything with Doug and Up and Carl, and I hope Russell shows up, uh, they have my money. But I can tell you the series that doesn't have my money, Chuck. And that's the Cars series. <laughs> I yeah. want nothing to do with this series. You've never liked Cars. And we talked about this. And I think the first two Cars are really good. But yeah, you've you've been a very adamant naysayer with the Cars franchise. Right? I hate them. I hate those movies. I have no interest in those movies. And guess what? They're getting a series because if they listen to our podcast, which we've talked, maybe they do because they got some stuff that we're going to talk about later. They got it from us, I think. They didn't listen to me talking about this because Lightning McQueen and Mater are going to start their own series as a follow-up to Cars. And it will be collecting dust on my Disney Plus menu screen saying, do you want to watch it? I'm going to say no every single time. So they announced those. Then they came out and they're like, you know. We know that Star Wars is going to come in swinging their big dick. And we know Marvel is going to come in with almost a bigger dick. We have to come in with an average-sized one. So they come out and they announce Lightyear, which is probably the most excited I've been for a Pixar movie in a very long time. 
It's coming in theaters June 17, 2022. It will be the story about the real Buzz Lightyear, who was the inspiration for the toy line. So it's not about the Tim Allen toy. It's about the no. it's about the actual astronaut who became toy famous. The reason why I'm excited, Chuck, is my doppelganger, Chris Evans, is starring as Buzz as Buzz Lightyear. Are you pumped for this? Yeah, it's something that I don't think anyone ever really wanted. But now that it was announced, they're like, oh, wow. Like, you don't think about it. Like, okay, Buzz Lightyear is such an iconic animated character um, that, you know, you don't re- like you just look at him as, oh, Buzz Lightyear, the toy. But like anything else, like I have toys all around my room and these toys come from something. You know what I mean? Like, so where did they come from? Yeah, I mean, do you think Buzz Aldrin is going to sue Disney? Because he's going to be like, Buzz Lightyear is actually my nickname. Well, Buzz is. (laughs) Yeah, but, you you know, Buzz Buzz Aldrin's kind of going off the rails a little bit sometimes. So maybe. We don't know. But I'm excited for this, man. This look. Did you see the footage for this? I've seen a little bit of it, yeah. I think it is, when we talk about reboots and stuff like that, this is such, even though it's kind of like a spinoff, it is such a great idea. And like I said, like you have this toy. Now we're going to show you where it came from. Yeah. And to me, it's not rebooting it. It's giving it new life. Yeah. I don't think that I don't classify this as a reboot at all. Not even a no. spinoff. This is more of a prequel. Uh, it's it's yeah. a prequel to a famous, well, not even a prequel because it's about a real, uh, in the fictional world, it's about a real person, not a toy. So this is brand new IP just spinning out of the Toy Story universe. I think it would be really cool if we meet Buzz, like let's say he's training to go into space for NASA and we meet him and he's in his house and he's watching old Westerns and the inspiration for Woody is on the Western. I think that that would be a pretty cool Easter egg. I think if this is a hit, we will see that. I don't want to see a Western animated movie or anime, <laughs> but uh, I think this makes more sense. But I'm I'm ready for this. I'm going to go see this in theaters for sure, which I'm probably going to see all of these because I do enjoy Pixar movies, even if they if the mass um, audience doesn't. They announced three other ones. Uh, they announced Encanto, which will be set in Colombia and feature new music from Lin-Manuel Miranda, which, I mean, that means he's going to win a Grammy. That's just another Grammy nod for him. That looks pretty cool. It's It kind of looks like it's in the same vibe of Coco, just set in Colombia, which is great. Uh, then they have Luca, which at first I thought was going to be a Pixar movie about Luca Doncic, but it's not. This is set in a seaside Italian town and will be out June 2021. So that's the first Pixar movie coming out. And the imagery for that was beautiful. The art that they showed was beautiful. Yeah. And then this is the one that runner up for most exciting of Pixar, Turning Red which follows a 13-year-old girl who's changing during puberty and has also the ability to transform into a giant red panda when she gets excited. I don't care about the puberty aspect. That's not what makes me excited about this. It's the giant red panda, and they show the giant red panda, and it looks yeah. amazing. It looks like Baymax I, as a furry. I, um, This is when I caught the investor meeting live. It, just when they were announcing this, it was like, they, they just finished Luca, and then they were like, oh, turning red. I'm like, okay. And he's showing, like, they showed the little girl, and he was like, yeah. And he and then he was like, she turns into a panda. And I was like, what? 
And like I'm watching it on my phone and AG's sitting on the other couch and she was like, what the heck are you watching? Did he just say she turns into a panda? And I was like, yeah. And it, it, it looks like a big panda. Like, like you said, it looks like Baymax. Like it doesn't look like she's not a, you know, a four foot uh, girl that turns into a, a small panda. She like, turns this into thing a kaiju. Like se- yeah, this thing is like seven feet tall. Which is why I love it. I think this is going to be a hit. Um, I want the pop figure, to be honest with you. I want that pop figure, and I hope it's fuzzy. I hope it's a flocked one. But those are very oh. exciting. I'm looking. I think Pixar is going to have a, a good few years, man. These are some some good movies to get behind. Yeah, yeah. They they went big, and I I think the most excited one has got to be Lightyear. Yeah, I do like that. What we're seeing, if you haven't already noticed, is that we're seeing Disney branch out. And they're exploring different cultures, and they're exploring different yeah. stories and different worlds. You have the Italian with Luca. You have Colombian with Encanto. You know, you have uh, African with, working with Awashu. Uh, then we go into Lucasfilm, which is now doing a uh, Children of Blood and Bone, which sounds like a, a metal band. They're doing they're doing a movie, and this kind of starts the meat and potatoes of our episode. We're going to finally get to Star Wars and and Marvel, but Lucasfilm came out and said, we've got properties besides Star Wars. And they have ch- uh, Children of Bone and Blood, or Blood and Bone, which is a about a woman blessed with magical powers by the gods and living in a place where you are forbidden to use them. Team, uh, she teams up with a princess to summon the gods and bring down the oppressive regime. And it's based on a novel by uh, Tomi Adeyemi, which... I looked it up. It's a, I believe it was a New York Best Times bestseller or New York Times bestseller. Critical acclaim for this book. The premise has me. I can't wait to see this. And I trust Lucasfilm. They put together pretty good properties. I mean, they don't put a lot out, but when they do, they make it count. So this looks, uh, this looks like it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, and it then, definitely sounds pretty cool. And then with some news that we knew, but we were just waiting on confirmation. Indiana Indiana Jones five was confirmed. Harrison Ford's returning. James Mangold is directing, and it's going to be the final Indiana Jones movie. I'm okay with that. Then we were announced. We were hit with a wonderful present, as if this wasn't a day of giving. Uh, they said to me and you, Chuck. I think specifically, get ready, because Willow's coming back. And yeah. We knew it was coming because they most recently yes. talked about it, but they confirmed it. It was more like we hear rumors, and the first thing we do is say, well, rumors, it's on the internet. It has to be true. They didn't say anything about it being confirmed until now. They finally have it. John Cho is uh, John Chu is directing it from Crazy Rich Asians, which is great. Yeah. We, know, we know he's a fantastic director. He's doing a lot lately. I think he's doing this, and I think he's doing a um, – I think he's doing another property too. Um, which we'll probably talk about. But Warwick Davis is returning, which is, I mean, amazing. He's You can't have Willow without Warwick. And they've casted some some people in it, which is fantastic. We finally get to hear some news. Aaron Kellyman, who was Infus Nest from Solo. Mm-hmm. Kelly Spaney, who re- most recently just starred in The Craft Legacy. And although I didn't like the movie, I think that she was great in it. And Ellie Bamber, who was uh, most known for Nocturnal Animals, a very weird movie. But she's going to be in it as well. And listen, I love Willow. It's one of my guilty pleasures, series of my life, movies of my life. I love it. Are you excited about the Willow re- uh, reboot or, well, like a spinoff coming? Yeah. If you remember, I don't know what episode it was, but we talked about movies that we wanted Disney to reboot. 
and I said Willow, and I said as a reboot, and I casted um. Who who was it? Uh, damn, I can't even think. Uh, Tom Hiddleston as the Val Kilmer role. So this is something that I wanted to see. Um, I'm surprised that it's not a reboot and it's more of a continuation, but I'm completely fine with that. I think they're gonna bring Val Kilmer back. Uh, uh, I don't know. listen. He was he's in the next Top Gun, and they were already talking about him showing up in Flashpoint. So. I think Val Kilmer wants to work, and you just bring him out as long as he's alive when this comes out because I know he's been sick recently. But we'll see. I'm pumped about Willow. Uh, we might do – we have Mando Minutes. We might do Willow Watch every week with a new episode <laughs> because I am stoked for this. And some people are probably like, what are you talking about? Go back and watch Willow. You're going to hate it, but you're going to love it. Yeah. All right, Chuck. Yes. We're finally in the Star Wars universe, and a lo- if you're following along at home, most of this stuff we've talked about. Whether it was a rumor, because we like to respond to a lot of rumors, we've talked about it. These are all confirmations. These are everything that we need, that we hoped were coming. Now we finally know we're coming. So we know that The Mandalorian was renewed for Season 3. We also found out that it's premiering on Christmas 2021. So we, go, we went a year without Star Wars on Christmas. Not anymore. Coming back, Mando brings us into the new year. We we know about Obi Wan Kenobi getting his own series. We knew that we talked about it last week that it was shooting in Boston, and you were saying, "Let's get Bill Burr in it because he's from Boston." And we did our whole <laughs> "Who's from Boston and who could do it?" If anybody from Boston needs to be in it, needs to be Big Poppy David Ortiz. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You- <laughs> so let's just put that out there, speak that into the universe. But we finally got some news on it, and we've got the first logo to, uh, yeah, first official logo to it. They showed footage. It hasn't been leaked yet as of this recording. I'm a little frustrated because I wanted to see it. But we found out that Deb Chow is going to be showrunning this. And if you've been listening to us for the Mando Minute since last year, Deb Chow is one of our favorite new directors. Yeah, uh, She's amazing, and she's going to absolutely crush this. She's absolutely amazing on this. And then the biggest news, Chuck, yeah. that I don't think anybody – like no. we, there were hints that this was going to happen. But Hayden Christensen is returning as Lord Vader. What are your thoughts, Mr. Star Wars? So I I have mixed thoughts about this for for several reasons. So I'm I'm happy because they they understand like we're doing this. We're you know, we're bringing back Ewan McGregor. You know, uh, of course, we got to bring back Vader. And who do we want as Vader? We want. Hayden Christensen. And I and I think that's great. The problem I have it is this is a from what I gathered, maybe I'm wrong, but this is a series set after Revenge of the Sith. Yes. So, we were made to believe that after Revenge of the Sith, Kenobi went to Tatooine and just chilled there. And I'm not mad that he's going to go on these adventures while he's supposed to be you know, quotation, watching Luke. What I'm kind of curious about is we were made to believe that he had no contact with Vader from Sith to New Hope. So now he does. No, it doesn't confirm that he does. This might be a parallel storyline where Obi's on his journey and we're seeing the rise of Vader. You know, we, we went, what, 40 years in the timeline from when... We see Anakin in 
episode three to when we see Vader in episode four. So this just might be beautiful storytelling from two different perspectives where it's Vader's story gets a few episodes. He's probably not a main character in this. And if he is, you know, maybe it goes back to what you were saying, but this is kind of going to be in the same vein as Mandalorian where you're going to be introduced to these characters and they're both tapped into the force. You don't think that Vader and Obi cross paths in, in the force at least once. Well, that that's the thing in new hope. He says when they go on to the death star, Vader says, I haven't felt this presence since. And then he walks away. Yeah. So he, he was made to believe that he hasn't felt that presence since he last saw Obi-Wan quote unquote back at back. Episode three. Yeah. Uh, Musafar, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he, because he was so badly injured in episode three, we've seen this. Maybe he ha- it affected his midichlorians and it affected the force or he suppressed it. And he's on his journey and becoming like Sheev is turning him into Lord Vader and trying to tap into that raw potential and tap into that high midichlorian count and that, and that force projection. And we finally see it at the end of the series where he's like my old friend and now it's boom right into new hope. I'm not mad. Like I wouldn't mind having a Vader series and show like was it 20 18 20 years from Sith to New Hope. I wouldn't mind seeing how he gets how he builds the empire. I just didn't expect it to be in a Kenobi series. Yeah, it, it it was shocking news, but I'm super excited for it. I'm oh no, absolutely. I'm I'm a hundred percent on board. I just want to see how they spin it. Yeah, I also wonder if Darth Maul is going to be included in this as well because he's still out there lurking. So maybe he's a side character that we see. But let's continue because all we did was get a confirmation that he was returning. So we don't know much. We'll figure it out. It's shooting in, uh, like I said, Boston right now. Then we have Ahsoka getting a series finally announced and a new series, which I'm kind of thinking is going to feature Cara Dune uh, Rangers of the new Republic. Both were announced, both set in the Mandalorian timeline, both expected to cross over with the Mandalorian timeline. So I think Ahsoka is going to be the Thrawn series that we talked about. And I feel like we're going to see Cara Dune, potentially some other characters that were in Mandalorian go over to the new Republic, uh, new Republic show. What do you think about these two? Well, Ahsoka is something we've been wanting for a while, ever since they said that uh, she was potentially going to be in the series. Yeah. You know, a, a spoiler alert from a couple weeks ago. She is, she is in Mandalorian. And, you know, we were like, she needs her own series. She needs her own series. We've talked about it on our May 4th episode that we wanted her to have have a series. Um, she's finally getting it. it. It's amazing. Rosario Dawson killed it, even though it was only one episode. I really want to see what they what they do with it. There's so much lore and backstory they can go with this. Like you said, we want her looking for Thrawn. I think this is, you know, that episode was a straight kind of segue into her series. Yeah, that was the launching off point. And I'm completely fine with that. So maybe we're going to get Sabine. Maybe we're going to get Ezra. Like, obviously Thrawn has been thrown around. So... This is something that I've been wanting and something that I'm very excited for. Uh, the Rangers Same. of the New Republic seems really cool. And it definitely sounds like Cara Dune. 
is going to be spinning off of that. We don't know for sure, but definitely sounds like that it could be. Yeah, and I think what we're gonna what we're also gonna get is we're gonna get uh, Dave Filoni's character if he's not too busy to, to be in it. Yeah, I think we're gonna see uh, Paul Sung uh, Paul Sun Hung Lee who played um, the other. X-Wing pilot. He's from uh, Kim's Groceries. He played Appa. He's also... Kim's Convenience. You know, yeah, Kim's Convenience. Also with Shang-Chi, uh, uh, Simu Liu, who uh, we'll talk about in a little bit. So I think that, that they're both going to be exciting. I like to see that they're going more into space and we're going to see some X-Wing shows and we're going to see some some you know space travel shows that isn't the Razor Crest or the Slave One now. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think that the crossover is huge. It shows you that they you know they're playing chess while we're playing checkers they have a bigger plan and they're turning the the mandalorian show kind of into their own mcu of television shows so i'm very excited about that they also showed some footage for the bad batch and the casting andor series which is now called andor which is shooting in london right now uh bad batch looks amazing it looks like it didn't skip a beat from clone wars yeah and that was a big thing when they introduced Bad Batch. We were like, "This is awesome," you know. It's it's defected clone troopers that they kind of made into like a um, kind of like a Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's like the Island of Misfits toys if they had machine guns. Yeah, and uh, we, you know, as soon as they premiered, we were like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And they said they're going to make a series, and it was a couple months ago. And then, you know, we haven't heard much, and then. You know, obviously in this news is, yes, we're getting it and we saw some footage and it looks great. You know, it doesn't skip a beat. It's the same animation style as Clone Wars. I'm 100% on board for this. It is something that I'm going to watch every week uh, and I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. Andor looks amazing to you. They they had a lot done. Uh, They showed you, they obviously showed you Diego Luna. They showed the rest of the uh, cast and crew. It looks like this is going to be an amazing series, and it looks like Diego Luna is super stoked to be in this series and continue this with this character. Yeah. We're, we're obviously going to have to find a, a catchy name for the Andor series. I don't know, Andor Analogs? We'll, we'll come up with something. Yeah, when I saw it, like, I was actually, like, we, we knew this was happening, and I was like, okay. I didn't realize it was far along as it was, like, you know, into, into pre-production, and, you know, they're building sets, and different characters and monster not monsters but aliens and different stuff like that like and it's definitely like i was i was really taken back because i was like expecting oh you know we're we're writing it no they're you know they're deep into it already and the sets look great some of the new aliens look great like and like you said diego luna with his his enthusiasm is i can't wait i thought he was a great character in rogue one and I kind of hope we see K2SO. K2SO? K2SO. You just want Alan Tudyk, let's be honest. Yeah, no. You don't I... care about the droid, you just want Alan Tudyk to be working. I think K2SO, uh, K2SO was also announced for the series. Yeah, and I hope it, like you said, is uh, Tudyk, so I would be yeah. happy about that. Yeah, and uh, I know you're going to be happy about this next announcement because they, they finally revealed some more stuff. They have revealed... Lando is getting a series. It's yes. called an event. It's called an event series uh, coming to Disney Plus that revolves around Lando Calrissian. We don't know if it's set in Solo time or if it's set in Billy D. Williams time, 
But based on the logo, it looks like it's more set towards Donald Glover's time. Yes. So I'm excited about that. I know you're stoked for that, right? Yeah, oh, I'm inches away from my Lando Calrissian shrine sitting in my office. Lando is one of my favorite characters. You know, I was skeptical at first when they said they were bringing him into Solo. I wasn't skeptical as soon as they announced that it was Donald Glover, and I was even more on board once the movie came out. So yeah. if he's getting – if it's actually Donald Glover – I'm excited. If it's Billy D, I'm excited too. Either way, it's a Lando Calrissian series. It's a character that can tell so much, uh, so much stories. Uh, maybe it would be great to show how he got the um, the mining colony in Bespin. Yeah, that would be really cool. I'm I'm a hundred percent on board for this. Yeah, and like we're gonna break this stuff down. This is just more of uh, first reactions for us. So. We're going to break all this stuff down the closer they, you know, they start casting, they start trailers and stuff like that like we normally do. But this is a lot of stuff that they they unveiled for us. So it's crazy that, like, Christmas came early for us. Uh, They also announced a series that was uh, being talked about. It was, you know, a lot of people were thinking it was going to be a Mara Jade uh, series. Maybe it was going to be another female character. But we got a series called The Acolyte. And it's from Russian doll creator Leslie Headland. And she's going to bring us a new tale set in the High Republic era, and it will focus on the dark side, which is the first bad guy series, which is amazing. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see where they go with this. At first, I thought, like, maybe, like, Saj Ventress. That would be really cool, but it sounds like a, a new a new take on a, on a character or a new character. Yeah, they're really pushing the High Republic right now. And and I'm excited because, you know, one, it's more Star Wars, uh, anything to get more Star Wars. But two is I've always kind of verged toward the dark side and the, and, the, and the Sith. And to get a series about that is, is great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to do some uh, brushing up on the High Republic and see who fits in that timeline. When when they said Acolyte, and at first I was like, oh, man, this is like a, a Reven Malik storyline. Like, this is going to be huge. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'd like to see it be, be a new character uh, that we've never seen. You can build that up. Asajj Ventures would be great, but I don't think she's a big enough character to warrant a series at this point. Maybe introduce her in something else and then see where that goes. But Asajj Ventures is a badass character. And then they announced two more series. Uh, a droid story, a new heroic droid will be introduced. And R2-D2 and C-3PO will be in it as well. And then Visions, which is an anime anthology series with Eastern influences. Um, they showed a little bit about that. It looks pretty cool. This might be the the next anime that I watch religiously. This might be the first one that you end up watching religiously. <laughs> Anything to get you an anime, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. It makes sense. I actually have a couple anime Star Wars shirts, but that was only because I went to an anime con, and I was like, well, if, uh, I went with AG, and she was dressing up, and I'm like, okay, well, if you want me to support anime, I'm going to support Star Wars anime. Yeah, we we covered that anime con on this podcast. We did a call-in from there. We'll yeah. go listen to that in the backlogs. We don't need to discuss that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so that'll be cool. That's something I will – everything announced I'm going to re- watch religiously. Weekly, yeah. when it comes out, everything. The droid story, uh, I was kind of surprised because uh, I was not able to watch the Star Wars panel. You did, and I was like, oh, droid story is going to be animated, right? And you were like, no. And that was kind of surprising. I'm glad. I'm honestly glad it's not animated. 
I, I think it's great that it's live action because this seems like more of a toy grab for me. Yeah. If they can introduce more cool robots or more cool droids, they'll sell more cool toys because you can actually see it in real life as opposed to seeing it on a cartoon. So I think that that was smart by them. I did see uh, Anthony Daniels posted something. And he was like, George Story, what? Like, question mark, question mark. And it was a picture of uh, RTD2 and C3PO. So they, re- they better have that man in bubble wrap if he's on set. He's one of the last OGs. Like, let him sit there and be an executive producer and do some voice acting. I hope they don't suit him up. Yeah, I, I think, you know, definitely he needs to do the voice. Yeah, they better put Doug Jones in that C3PO outfit. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. But Doug Jones might be too tall. All right, whatever. Let's move to the movies, Chuck, because we've got two announcements. One is more of a, hey, look, we got this guy. We hired him, and he's going to make a great movie, and we already talked about it, but Taika Waititi uh, has confirmed his Star Wars project. We reported on that way back, I believe, in April or May, and it's reported that it's going to be a new take on Star Wars Universe due out in 2024, and they showed the like a Star Wars logo, and it's very futuristic, very pink and purple and very bright so it's you know anything like i said anything with taika watiti's stamp on it i'm gonna watch are you excited or nervous about this i'm excited did you see what he posted on instagram yeah he's like i can't wait to ruin this yeah he he he, his his caption was what ugh as a longtime fan of star wars i'm so angry what i'm about to ruin it i you know obviously he uh, he's got a great sense of humor he directed the finale of season one of the Mandalorian. And that was a great episode. So I, I can see, I think, you know, we're going to see a little bit of comedic tone because his episode did. And we don't really see that in the star Wars universe. So yeah, we see like forced comedy. Like they tried it with Finn and with uh, Poe in the new trilogy. And it was really, really forced. And, and the funny thing is, is like Lord and Miller was supposed to direct solo and they were trying to make it a comedy they were like no 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 and then they ended up getting rid of him but with td not saying he's making this a comedy but he is a comedy director and everything he even thor who you know you went from thor the dark world that was very very serious to thor ragnarok that had very good comedic tones but did it in a good way and wasn't like oh it's a comedy so you know they were like lord miller nah that's not gonna happen Taika yeah, Waititi? he's very good at satire, too. Yes. And they were like, Taika Waititi? Okay. You know, I've seen, you know, uh, all his movies, and I love them. And, like, again, they're very satire, and he just seems like a big nerd. And, obviously, he's a fan. He he said he's a fan. So, uh, I think he's going to do great at this. Yeah, I agree. I, I've said it before. Put your stamp on it, and I'm going to watch it. Then they announced the big one, uh, one that we didn't know about. Patty Jenkins is directing a movie that will be titled Rogue Squadron. It's arriving in theaters December 23rd, and Rogue Squadron was a Rebel Alliance Starfighter Squadron founded by Luke Skywalker. And it's based off of, well, there's a book based around this story. Uh, I'm very excited for this. Um, I'm wondering how Patty Jenkins will do this. I'm expecting this to be a female-led Star Wars movie. You and I have talked off-air, and we were hoping that maybe Gal Gadot would be in it because they are attached at the hip. Um, I'm excited, man. I think that this is going to be good. Again, this is first reactions. This is just being excited for something. We will report on this later. But what was your first reaction to this? Uh, my first reaction was Gal Gadot. Yeah. Because Patty Jenkins is a good director. Wonder Woman was great. At this time recording, we're less than two weeks away from Wonder Woman 84. 
And from what I'm reading, the early reactions are really good. I'm on board that she's directing. But like you said, they're attached to hip. She's done Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84, and Jenkins is doing a Cleopatra movie starring Gal Gadot. Yeah. So I wouldn't be mad at all if they were like, yeah, bring Gal Gadot over. I mean, she has worked with Disney when she did uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph breaks the, or Ralph breaks the internet. And this is a good way to be like get her into the Star Wars universe. So Yeah, I think that that's mainly why not to you know, besmirch Patty Jenkins' name, but I think that Patty Jenkins carries some weight when it comes to getting good castings. Chris yeah. Pine comes to mind, you know, Kristen Wiig, Gal Gadot is huge. So if you bring that, bring Patty Jenkins over, maybe you bring her her contact list as well. So that might be big for them. Uh, I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. Again, that's another Christmas joint for Star Wars. So that's 2023. We've got plenty of time to talk about that. Let's jump into Marvel. Uh, overall, Chuck, I'm sorry. Overall, what would you grade the Star Wars announcements between one to five? Five. Yeah, me too. It was they gave confirmation of stuff they already said. Which people were wondering, you know, is this going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then they announced a lot more than no one ever knew. Like you said, the Rogue Squadron, the uh, Rangers of the of the New Republic, Droid Story. Like, and even, like, Lando was the one where we heard rumors. But, like, it, they really, like, they came out swinging. Lucasfilm, like, and not just the Star Wars stuff is big. Like, Indiana Jones is big. The Willow stuff, like, they came ready. And I, five five out of five for Lucasfilm. You took the long way there. Uh, I'm going to take the short way, and I'm going to go five for five. We already talked about, about why we're excited. And that brings me to another one. I'm going to spoil it. It's a five for five for me as well because it's Marvel. Uh, Marvel has a ton of news. Uh, they've got some castings. They've got some confirmations. they got movies. they got television. Let's start with some castings. Uh, America Chavez, a.k.a. Miss, Mir- uh, Miss America, we've talked about her before on this podcast, is debuting in Doctor Strange 2. We thought that we knew she was coming, or well, we, we heard that she was coming, little whispers in the Marvel rumor mill. We finally got confirmation, and for those who don't know America Chavez, she first appeared in Vengeance Number 1 in September of 2020, or 20- in September of 2011, she was created by Joe Casey and Nick Dragata, and she has superhuman strength, speed, and durability, flight, star blast, interdimensional travel, and she will be played by Sochi Gomez from the Babysitter's Club. So it's another big character in a huge movie. You excited about America Chavez showing up? Yeah. Again, any any new characters I'm, I'm excited for. Kind of weird that it's in Doctor Strange. I could see it being in maybe like Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel, but I don't know how they're going to fit in. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, she's an alien, so you would think space would be the best idea, but you could bring her in through the multiverse, which would be cool. Maybe Doctor Strange and Wanda, who was also confirmed for Doctor Strange, will end up on a different planet throughout their multiverse. We'll see. Were you even going to take a shot on how to pronounce Sergi Gomez's name? No, I didn't even know how. I looked at it. I said, yep. I'll say uh, Miss Gomez. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Shuotol, um, not Shuotol, I for, um, Shola Marijuana from uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah. XOs, there's a it's, a, it's a very complex pronunciation, but Sochi Gomez. Then, this is going to be an episode, the next two I'm going to foreshadow. We are going to say, I told you so, for the next two parts, <laughs> because 
we're going to be able to toot our horns. We don't normally do that. No. Because mainly we don't get a lot right. We just get an idea and we kind of run with it. And then, you know, what happens? When Thor Ragnarok happened, I was saying I wanted this character to show up in this movie. Then they announced Thor 4. And I said, you have to include this character. And then they announced Christian Bale was going to be in Thor 4. And I said, you have to cast Christian Bale as this character. And what happened? Kevin Feige, in all his dadly glory, comes out and says, Gore the God Butcher is coming in Thor Love and Thunder. Christian Bale has been confirmed as Gore the God Butcher. We're going to do an entire episode on Gore the God Butcher in the future. But Gore the God Butcher, not only is he a great metal band name, he was created by Jason Aaron and Asad Rebik. He debuted in Thor God of Thunder number two in January of 2013. And through an alien symbiote, it grants him superhuman strength, speed, stamina, and durability, virtual immortality, limited shape-shifting and camouflage, symbiote's autonomous defense capabilities, replication of symbiote, and regenerative healing. The reason why I'm excited for this is because it brings other characters that we've talked about, or should bring other characters that we've talked about, i.e. Beta Ray Bill, because in the comics there's multiple Thors need to battle this guy. Also, it shows that Thor Love and Thunder is going to be whimsical, but now you're involving Gore, and he is darkness personified. Just all you have to do is go on Google and type in Gore the God Butcher and look at some of these panels that he's been featured in. He is 100% the most brutal Thor villain we're going to see. Also, another also, there's a lot of also's, Chuck. Bear with me. I'm excited. This could lead to another event further down the line, which is already happening in Marvel Comics, and that's King in Black. Spider-Man is introducing the Sony-verse into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Gore the God Butcher is your entry into Null, King in Black. You hear this news. What are your thoughts on Gore the God Butcher being played by Christian Bale? Well, well, first, when, you know, you've been, like you said, you've been talking about this. And not only on air, you've been, we've been talking about this off air. Like, man, it's got to be Gore. It's got to be Gore. It's got to be Gore. And I'm watching it live right along with you. And we're texting back and forth every time, you know, Marvel says something, we're texting. And as soon as you say Gore the God Butcher, I was like, I I just had a big smile on my face. I was like, Jim got it right. And I threw um, my phone. <laughs> like legitimately threw my phone. That's how excited I was. And I like I have an iPhone, the brand new iPhone. I was like, if this breaks, like I'm screwed. But I threw it and I was like, Yes. I was excited because, you know, uh Gore is, is awesome. His look is so sick. And you know, Marvel does a really good job of uh staying close to the um to the source material and I hope they do with Gore. And Christian Bale is a force to reckon with to get him into this and and be a villain and not something, you know, we've really seen, you know, American Psycho, he was a, a villain, but we don't really see him play a villain that much. So I'm excited for this. Yeah. I hope they keep his voice uh in his uh Welsh accent. Yeah, I I think that I think that'd be a good touch because a lot of people like they when they see Christian Bale they think the Batman voice where's the trigger like you know that's what they're expecting Gore to sound like I hope it's Welsh because you know obviously they're in Asgard and they're in space and aliens can have they can have accents yeah. which would be fantastic 
All right, you ready to tell our listeners, I told you so, because this one's for you, buddy. Shang-Chi, or I'm going to, listen, I've been saying it the most Caucasian way possible. I've been saying Shang-Chi. Kevin Feige comes up and he he just put me to shame. Shang-Chi is coming out and we knew this. They had, they finally named some of their characters and I'll go down the list. We obviously have Shang-Chi, which is uh, played by Simu Liu. We have... Jiang Li, who's played by Fala Shen. Katie, who's played by Aquafina. Jiang Nan, who's played by Michelle Yeoh, which is a huge casting. I love Michelle Yeoh. Uh, second MCU casting for Michelle Yeoh, one of the original Guardians. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes, she was. Uh, we got Tony Choi Wei Ling, who's going to play Wen Wu. Ronnie Cheng, who's playing Jean Jean. And here's your I told you so moment. Florian Montenew playing Razor Fist. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Say it. So, yeah, I told you so. So, if you go back to, I forget what episode it was, we were talking about Shang-Chi. And we we talked about Florian. And who can he play? And we, you know, came up with some ideas. And I was like, Razor Fist. And you were like, oh, that's ridiculous. And he is a ridiculous character. It's a guy with exactly what you think knives for hands. And I was like, you know, Florian, even though he was great in uh, playing Drago's son in Creed two, you know, he's not this Academy Award winning actor, you know, he's, they're going to use his physical form. And I think he should play a villain. And, so you finally get your, I told you so moment. Florian's coming in, he's playing razor fist. It's, not, I don't think they're going to translate the comics to the page as like as you want it with with Gore the God Butcher. I think they're going to make it more like Shocker, more like these uh, practical villains like Taskmaster and everything. But I'm excited. That's a good casting, and that's coming out next year, so we'll be able to talk about that in nauseum as the time approaches. But what we're going to talk about next, my friend, is we're going to talk about some trailers because we got four of them, um, and we'll spend a little time on this because again, we'll get again first reactions, but. We get the WandaVision trailer, and the one thing I'll say about this is every time they get a trailer, I keep telling myself, please don't watch it because you're going to you're gonna be spoiled. And I feel like I was a little spoiled in this one because this gave me 100% – and I texted you this – gave me 100% Mephisto vibes. Yeah. You know, we were kind of hoping Mephisto would show up somewhere. Remember, we thought he was going to be in Defenders. And at that yeah, Sigourney Weaver. The trailer was a lot different footage than we've ever saw. Yeah, I think they showed too much. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I, And part of the reason, I think, is it's a weird concept. And I think, you know, them just showing them looking in the sitcom, people are like, what the hell is this? So they needed to show a little bit of that stuff to get people excited. Yeah, and, and you know, you got you got it. You got Monica Rambeau grown up. She shows up and you're like, oh, my girl Wanda. And like, I don't think in any universe right now they've met because she's a small little girl in Captain Marvel. And now she's grown up and Tiana Parrish is going to play her, which is great. She's a phenomenal actress. And you see more of uh, Catherine Hahn. You don't see uh, Kat Dennings. You don't see Randall, uh, Randall Park. But when 
the thing that I feel like gave it away was was when Tiana Paris's Monica Rambo shows up. She goes, "I don't know who you are," and then it shifts into like, "Oh wow, we need to be superheroes." And I've talked about it before in our episode when Monica Rambo shows up in the first episode, first uh, trailer. She's got like a red tinge in her eye, and I thought that that was more of like a magical touch. And I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna call Mephisto. I think Mephisto is gonna be the the bad guy on this show. Yeah, I which I'm here for. I, I agree with you, especially after seeing that trailer. But yeah, no, I'm we like I said, we've been wanting Mephisto for a couple years now. So yeah, yeah. and we'll see. We'll see. that comes out in about four weeks. So we will uh we're gonna do the one the one division watch every week like we did the Mando minutes each week. So we'll cover that next. We got Falcon and Winter Soldier, a show that was already supposed to be out but got COVID at like 85 times. Um, the things that stuck out to me is most of the scenes didn't seem like Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan were acting. It was like that they were really just best friends picking on each other. The big moments, big reveals were, and I think I texted you this, Flag Smasher, who most yeah. recently was this was discussed, was rumored to be in this. And Flag Smasher is a supervillain terrorist. Obviously, you get the name Flag Smasher complete badass in the comics played by a character or an actress that we've already talked about and you're a big fan of Aaron Kellyman yeah in Fist Nest and I'm yeah I was surprised I was surprised when that happened but um yeah she's in this and she's in Willow she's uh up and coming it was about time right we loved her in Star Wars yeah in Solo. I, I mean I'm looking at my in Fist Nest pop right now and my in Fist Nest figurine and yeah but the the footage looked great yeah, we get the suit, we get the shield, we get to see Baron Zemo, uh, we get to see Wyatt Russell as a U.S. agent. Uh, I'm 100% on board for this. I can't wait to talk about this in, in longer form, but we'll leave it at that. Then we come up to your wife and my wife's favorite character who's getting his own series, Loki. Two things that stand out for me. We've got we've obviously see the time variance authority, which we see Owen Wilson looking old as hell. We see the the rest of the the TVA. We see Loki fighting various characters that look like they have super suits, but we don't get to see who they are. We see Loki doing his quantum leap thing, and during one leap, it looks like he wound up on Boromir and Scarlett Johansson's Black uh, Black Widow is sitting on a rock. Did you catch that? Yeah, I saw that. I, I didn't see it initially, but I read some comments, and I was like, wait, I got to watch that again. Do you think she shows up in this? Maybe, and that's how they kind of maybe somehow he brings her back. I think that this is going to be what Legends of Tomorrow wanted to be. Yeah, and it's going to be amazing. It's it's a lot different than I expected. I good or bad? Good, good. I I didn't okay. know what I, I was expecting, um, because I was like, it's kind of weird because they kind of said quantum leap, like it, yeah. it, it's going to be a quantum leap. And remember, initially we kind of thought that he wasn't going to be in it. That he was, it was going to be different actors playing him throughout the time. And we're like, oh, that's awful. But that's not yeah. the case at all. It looks amazing. Like you said, Owen Wilson looks really old. We don't know what character he's playing, but we now we know he's part of the Time Variance Agency. I think he's like, I think it's like Matthew M. Mo- Mobius or Morbius or something like that. I know it's MMM because he's going to play a very generic character. And... Like I said, it looks amazing. At first, when they were like, oh, here's the footage, and it was like straight-up stuff we saw from Endgame. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, they're just showing us what happened. And then they just 
threw us right into all the action. And my favorite scene is at the very end when he was in the classic, not, I wouldn't say classic, but a lot of people recognize it, him with the horns and the suit on. He's got the baby horns. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think this this one was probably my favorite trailer because I think it's just, it leaves the door open for so much. A lot of people are like, well, Loki was redeemed. This is a Loki who's not redeemed. Redeemed Loki died. This is alternate timeline Loki, so we're getting a bad guy. We're getting Avengers kind of influenced by the Tesseract Loki. So we're like, I'm on a quest for power Loki. So I'm very excited to see that. And then the final trailer, my friend, is going to be the only trailer I watch well, all these I'm only going to watch once. I don't think I'm going to watch the rest of the trailers that come out because I don't want to be spoiled. The What If animated series, uh, Chadwick Boseman's last Marvel property. He's playing Star, uh, Star-Lord, and they focused heavily on that. This looks amazing. Um, I love everything about this. I love that they they showed the, the stills that we had already seen of Sharon Carter as Captain Britain. Uh, I, I'm 100% on board with this. What did you think of... Uh, what if I loved it? I had a couple of what if um, books when I was younger. Uh, the one that I remember was um, speaking to Mephisto. Uh, it said it was what if Doctor Doom was a hero, and he battles Mephisto, and it's Doctor Doom driving through Lavaria, and people are throwing flowers at him because he's he's being celebrated. And I always loved the what if series because it's something that you can kind of just rewrite everything. And not really affect the current storyline. So when they said a what if series, I was like, oh, that's great. But then after we saw the the footage, and it's actually not just like random stories. It has to do with the Watcher. Yep. And, and Jeffrey Wright's playing the Watcher, and, which is amazing. Yeah, I, I love Jeffrey Wright. Um, he's going to be our new Commissioner Gordon. And, you know, um, to have more of a a central storyline instead of just kind of like pieces stories pieced together, I think is fantastic. And the fact that, that you're not just getting these voice actors, you're getting actually the character actors that are playing these characters to voice themselves in animated form is phenomenal. Yeah. It's what square Enix should have done with the Avengers video game. Yeah. Should have spent a little bit more money on getting those actors to voice their characters. And maybe they would have made, the money to make that game and not have been a tank. But I, I think it looks amazing. I'm excited for it. It comes out this summer. I, I can't I can't wait. I'm very excited. Now they announced a lot more. So we are Tatiana Maslani was finally confirmed as She-Hulk. She's gonna play the lead in She-Hulk. Mark Ruffalo is gonna return as Bruce Banner. Makes sense. That's her cousin. And then Tim Roth is gonna return as the Abomination, which is the biggest reveal I think in that. And Kevin Feige kind of alluded that it's superhero who or it's a lawyer who represents superheroes anything is possible everyone's taking that as daredevil is going to show up we've talked about it um not surprised i think i the biggest surprise for you was that tim roth is back which is fantastic yeah i love tim roth tim roth in um the incredible hulk i didn't like his design i hope that he has a uh maybe a slightly different design as abomination but yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. And like he said, he was like anyone can show up. I didn't think Daredevil. I thought more. We're just going to see more characters. Yeah, which is great. This is a launching off point for 
uh, other characters, which also brings us to a series that you and I have talked about before a few weeks ago, from maybe a month or so, two ago. They said that Samuel L. Jackson is getting a series. I thought it was going to be the beginning of Sword. Maybe it was going to be a new Shield uh, storyline, but it's bigger than that. It's Secret Invasion. It's going to star Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, as they unearth a secret scroll conspiracy. And this is a huge story in the comics where the story involves a subversive long-term invasion of Earth by the Skrulls, a group of alien shapeshifters who have secretly secretly replaced many superheroes in the Marvel Universe with imposters over a period of years prior to the overt invasion. Marvel's promotional tagline for the event was, who do you trust? This is a huge, huge topic that we are also going to do an episode on. But this is uh, amazing news because this is a great storyline. Yeah, uh, this is probably my most excited new series that they announced. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because it, it it's such a huge storyline and, and to bring back Nick Fury and Talos, who I think, you know, I'm a big fan of Ben Mendelsohn. I know you are too. And to bring him back is uh, is great. And their chemistry is pretty good as well. Yeah, and I like that they're working together. Yeah. I think that that's the big thing. So uh, I feel like this could open up the world for Super Scroll, which is uh, which is amazing. So we'll uh, we'll cover that later in uh, later TBD. Uh, then we got another announcement. We we figured this was coming, but we didn't know how fast it was coming, and we didn't know that they had already casted this character, and that's Ironheart. Um, the series will follow teenage Riri Williams, who was reverse who rever- who reverse engineers Tony Stark's armor to protect her Chicago neighborhood. It's gonna uh, she's gonna be played by Dominique Thorne, whose only credit is if Beale Street could talk. So she, another newcomer, just like Imani of uh, Amon Vellani for Miss um, Marvel, and Ironheart was created by Brian Michael Bendis and Mike Diodato. Her first cameo appearance was in Invincible Iron Man Volume 2, Number 7, in May of 2016. First full appearance was Invincible Iron Man Volume 2, Number 9, in July of 2016. And she's a skilled inventor, an engineer, super genius level intellect, and maybe a rival brain to Shuri. In the comics, I believe Riri is even smarter than Tony. So we might have two very strong women. What are your first reactions to Ironheart being cast and series? I'm not surprised that this has happened in the series because, you know, um, when Tony Stark died, we're like, okay, they they can't leave the Iron Man mantle empty. They're going to bring in someone. And we right away was like, they're going to bring in Ironheart. You know, she's big in the comics. Uh, she was pretty big in the Empire, Secret Empire yep. storyline. Uh, I really liked her in that. So I'm not surprised. I'm surprised they casted somebody already because, like, we yeah. didn't we didn't hear anything like it was more speculation from our standpoint of saying they're going to do an Ironheart series. You know, we didn't really hear there was no rumblings at all. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we're doing it. And a casting. I was like, wow. Um, yeah, that was that was big. Yeah, that was really big. I'm excited for this. Yeah, man. this so is just I. continuing to bring these new 2000, 2000 plus heroes uh, to the forefront. And Brian Michael Bendis, man, is collecting bank. Yeah. He's got this, Miles Morales, uh, Naomi. He's just absolutely crushing it. So kudos to you, my friend. Uh, That brings us to another series, uh, which is called Armor Wars, and it will star Don Cheadle's War Machine after Tony Stark's tech falls into the wrong hands. I think that this is, you bring back Sam Rockwell. Yes. He he establishes AIM, and this is your introduction to MODOK. 100%. I'm calling it right now. I think MODOK is your villain. Uh, I'm okay with that. And 
and I I really like Sam Rockwell. We know he's still out there. Yep. Because we saw him in what Seagate, right? When in Iron Man or the one shot for the um, All Hail the King. Yeah. Um. So we know Sam Rockwell's out there. So I, you know, get him, bring Sam Rockwell back. Um. I've always loved uh, um War Machine. I think, obviously, they kind of didn't do him great justice. Uh, he was great in Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3, when he became the Patriot, I wasn't th- thrilled about. Yeah. And he just had small roles in uh, the Avengers Endgame. And um, I'm, I'm on board. And one, I love Don Cheadle. So I'm- yeah, any any chance Don Cheadle can get to star in a series is one step closer to Captain Planet. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I don't know about that, but uh, well, I like, I, like I said, I love War Machine, and I'm glad he's getting a spotlight. Me too. Uh, which brings me, I know you said Secret Invasion was your favorite series. This is going to be my favorite series. It's called I Am Groot. I Am Groot will be comprised of a series of short films starring Groot as he interacts with other Marvel characters. Uh, I'm okay with this. This isn't going to be my favorite series. I was just being, uh, you know, ridiculous. I'm going to watch this. I think it's going to be fun, but I'm glad it's short films and not long form. Yeah. All right. Let's go to some movies because they announced a lot. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I'm 100% on board with James Gunn will write and direct a live action Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus set to arrive in 2022. And it's going to film consecutively and during the filming for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which is still set to hit theaters in 2023. This is what I've been asking for with Taika Waititi and the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, and this is we're getting it. Yeah, you know, um, we've been talking. We talked about it recently. Like, they need to do a holiday special, and I didn't think it was gonna come. I didn't. I thought it was a pipe dream. If you're gonna do a holiday special out of everyone, Guardians of the Galaxy makes sense. Yeah, I'm excited for this. This is gonna be great. And and the fact that he's, you know, it's smart to do it while they're filming three like here we'll just throw you an extra money you're you know you're directing already and because he said he's done after three so might as well get it while he's doing it now so yeah and i'm more excited honestly i'm more excited for the soundtrack yeah oh it's It's gonna be killer yeah so uh yeah i'm excited this is probably my most surprised yeah me too all right, then we got a movie that got delayed. Um, Captain Marvel 2 was delayed for a little bit, but we got some news out of it. Iman Vellani was confirmed for Kamal, as Kamala Khan in Captain Marvel 2, uh, which is crazy because I thought this was going to take place in the 90s, and Iman Vellani doesn't look like she's seen the 90s. No. Um, she might might have just started being a glimmer in her parents' eyes as the 90s. So they're, it seems like they're doing a pretty big time jump, and also... What indicates that is that um, Tiana Parrish is also returning as Monica Rambeau, the adult version of Monica Rambeau. So it seems like they're kind of backtracking on what they said about Captain Marvel and they're bringing it more into the forefront to be that leader of the new Avengers. So I'm not mad at it. I think that's the right spot. You need it, Miss Marvel, in this universe. So I think that's perfect. What about you? Yeah. And this finally gives confirmation that what Kevin Feige said when they announced the Disney Plus series is that these new series are going to coincide with the movies. And now we got confirmation that, you know, not only that we're getting, like you said earlier, Mark Ruffalo being in the series, we're getting actually a 
character from the new series into the movies. So yeah, that that's big news, and it it kind of gives a sigh of relief that they're actually doing this. Yeah, that's big news. Obviously, it, uh, if you know anything about Miss Marvel, she is a huge fan of Captain Marvel, so that makes sense. Um, I'm sure the yeah. series is going to be her talking about, you know, how big of a fan she is of Captain Marvel, and maybe we see Carol Danvers in the series, maybe towards the end, and that's how they lead into the the movie itself. But you know, obviously, she's going to meet her hero, which is really cool. Yeah, and they showed first look at Miss uh, at Miss Marvel series, and it looks much better than the stills that we saw. I'm um, a little more hopeful for what we saw after that, and we see that Amon Vellani's Kamala Khan dresses up as Captain Marvel. They're staring at the Captain Marvel costume, so I think that that's uh, a direct parallel to the casting. Um, another news: we got uh, Black Panther, Black Panther two is being uh, is. is being worked on ryan coogler is working on a concept the film is scheduled to arrive in july of 22 and the big news is that they're not going to recast chadwick boseman kevin Feige said the right thing to do is to leave that legacy intact and uh, i'm here for it i know you're here for it so we don't really have to we've already talked about that yeah all right some other news and we're almost done, man. Fantastic. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp got a title. The third one got a title, uh, which sounds like an old WCW pay-per-view name. Quantum Mania. Yeah. Uh, so Ant-Man and the Wasp will be uh, on WCW Nitro, Quantum Mania. And Peyton Reed will return to direct a third Ant-Man film, officially titled Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Quantum Mania. Uh, Jonathan Majors was again confirmed to play Kang the Conqueror. And then in shocking news, they recast it, Cassie Lang. Yes. Emma Furman, who played Cassie Lang in Avengers Endgame, once Scott got out of uh, Ken Jong's storage facility, is getting replaced by Catherine Newton, who is the lead of Freaky. I get it because Freaky was very successful. Catherine Newton is a recognizable face, and they're capitalizing on that. I feel like Emma Furman needs to fire her agent. Yeah, um, to me that leads, it kind of leads into a couple things. Um, One, I think Cassie's going to have a a lot bigger role. And maybe Emma Furman wasn't available for a multi-picture deal or... I hope this isn't the case, but maybe they didn't think she was able to lead. You know, she was a great side character for a, a cup of coffee in Endgame. I think that's I think that's the thing. Like, I don't think they had faith in her. I, I hope that's not the case. To me, that just proves that we're going, Cassie is going to have a lot larger role and could be leading into the new Avengers, like you were saying with in the, about the Captain Marvel. So that's high hopes. Listen, they... They replaced Emma Furman, who's got nothing in the pipeline, with a woman who made a lot of money on a lead movie that, or a movie that she was the lead in during an epidemic. That's what they did. They went and they got somebody who seems to be a little more reliable than somebody who did a one-off in Station 19. Yeah. So I think I think that's what it is. I think she needs to fire her agent <laughs> and just get more bookings because she just lost – the potential role of the lifetime yeah, due to being stagnant. So I don't know when they announced quantum mania though, like to me, the name sounds kind of juvenile. 
I was kind of surprised by that, but it sounds like it's going to be fun. It's going to be trippy, and it's going to it's going to be in the quantum realm, which is great. And we're going to see Kang and different versions of Kang. And this might, like you said, lead to the the unveiling and debut of Stinger in the comics, which is fantastic. So, and also uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's coming back as well, as long with Michael Douglas, which yeah, is great. They're bringing back the old Ant Man and Wasp, which is fantastic. Uh, and last two things. Before we talk about a little surprising news, uh, Blade is moving forward. Surprise. And getting an actual movie. Like, we weren't sure it was a movie or a series, but yeah. movie is what we want. Yep, and they've got uh, nobody lined up for directing or writing, but they're working no. on it. They're very close, they said, to revealing who's directing. And I'm going to say it here again, Barnes for Blade. I want Rodney Barnes to write Blade. And I think that'd be fantastic. And then finally, John Watts is going to be directing the Fantastic Four movie in the MCU, uh, date to be determined. But this is the confirmation that the first family is coming to the MCU. Yeah. And Kevin Feige waited to last to say that. And he, he was talking about how for families and he goes, speaking of families, and I went, oh, shit. So I was either I was like, it's got to be Fantastic Four. And it is. And the fact that they're having a director just means like, no, we're this is really happening. And I was hoping for casting, but, you know, obviously they're not there yet. But the fact that we're getting a director and John Watts did great with the first two Spider-Men. So, yeah, you know, Sony hired him. And even though he's kind of working for Marvel, he's like, you know what, we're going to take him. Yeah. And think about this for a second. We just talked about how Blade is moving forward and getting a movie and it was announced a year and a half ago that this was happening and they have a Academy award winning actor starring as blade. They don't have a director. This movie, they just got the rights to a year and a half ago and they have a director already lined up. So you show this shows where their priorities are. It does. Um, I think they're also going with what's going to make money. Blade is going to be a darker film that probably won't make a lot of money. Oh, blade's going to be a billion dollar property. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. With Mahershala Ali, $1 billion. I think it's going to make money. I, I think Fantastic Four is going to make a hell of a lot more. Oh, Fantastic Four is going to make multiple billions. But Blade is a billion-dollar property. We forget how popular Blade was in the early uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Like he is, Wesley Snipes is the reason why we have the MCU and the superhero genre as popular as it was. He held the flag while... DC was making shitty Batman movies and they pumped out two stellar Blade movies and one okay Blade movie. So I think Blade's going to make a ton of money. Yeah, I I hope so, but I'm I'm now that, you know, Fantastic 4, we got a little taste. Now I'm 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 waiting for casting. Yeah, I think Fantastic 4 could make depending on the casting uh and depending on the tone, I think that could possibly make like 1.7, 1.8 billion dollars. They're, right. I think they're they're going to ride high on, high on it. Absolutely. All right, last thing, and then we're going to get out of here because we are almost at two hours. They talked about Moon Knight. They confirmed the series but did not confirm Oscar Isaac. It was a yeah. little shocking. I think it might have just been an oversight, but we talked about this last week. He's playing Solid Snake, and I was worried about his commitment to Moon Knight. Do you think, yes or no, Oscar Isaac is still going to play Moon Knight in the future? Yes. Okay. Good. So do I. So we'll see. I'm just thinking as an oversight. But that's it, man. Uh, an hour and 40 minutes. 
of DC or of DC of oh God of House of Mouse Disney Investors Day 2020 breakdown. This is the longest episode we've done in a very long time. This could have been a two-parter. This could have been a five-parter if we broke it down into uh, studios. But like I said earlier, multiple times during this episode, we are going to dive deeper into these topics as we get closer to the release dates and we get more information. This is just the first reaction to a huge day full of big news. Uh, we really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you do, we'll do more of them for Comic-Cons and DC fandoms and stuff like that. If you didn't, we're still going to release them. Just don't listen to them. But that's it, man. We're going to get out of here. We're going to be back with a, a regular episode this coming Wednesday. We're going to do the Mando Minutes. We'll do everything on there. We're going to talk video games because also during Disney Investor Day, they had video game the Video Game Awards. And since I'm playing video games now and... Chuck, you have a video game system. We might as well talk a little bit about that. So next week or Wednesday, we'll be back with that. Mando Minutes, my pick of the week, a regular Active Geek episode. You can follow us on social media, The Active Geek, on all social media platforms. Uh, Like and follow and review and listen and stream on all podcast directories. Chuck's on Instagram, Chuck underscore The Active Geek. AG Cosplay is also on Instagram at AG Cosplay. Uh, you can listen to the Galaxy Wars this week. We're going to be discussing the before-mentioned Freaky, so you get to hear our thoughts on that and how whether we think Catherine Newton is going to be a uh, good casting in addition to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And yeah, man, we'll be back next week. So thanks for listening. For the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.